How many of you need joy in this place, okay? Right? Life is tough, and we are going through some tough things. I want to talk about it today because it's one of the fruits of the Spirit. And we're going to explain what that means, and I pray you would experience joy. Not just talk about it from the preacher, but also that God would impart that to your hearts, and you'd walk in joy, and your life will never be the same. Let's pray. Father, thank you that we can uh, come before your throne of grace. We're excited about who you are. We're excited about what you're doing. Lord, we're excited about life, although we know that we face challenges. We're excited about life, Lord, because we know you are with us and we can meet any challenge in the power of the Holy Spirit. We welcome you, Holy Spirit, here today. We want you. We honor you. We ask you, Lord, that you would come and speak to us, that we wouldn't just hear the word, but that we would be doers of the word. And we will be transformed by the renewing of our minds as we study the Word of God together. We pray, Lord, that you would be exalted as we share your Word. You would bring, just give you the glory and the honor. Thank you for what you have done, what you are doing, and what you will do. So come and speak to us, Lord. We need a Word. We need you, Lord. And we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. One uh, scripture here, Galatians chapter 5. Verses 22 and 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness. Gentleness and self-control against such things there is no law. All of you walking in all of those fruits of the Spirit, Mm, love, joy, patience, kindness, goodness, all those things. Everybody got it down pat here. Do we need to even preach on this subject, right? Okay, because y'all are already there, right? Well, maybe not. I'm not. Still under construction, and we know that God is working us. What is this all about? It's making us more like Jesus, basically. This is what it is. And it says here, if we walk in the Spirit, then obviously these fruits will develop. Can you come and work these fruits up? Nope. You can't love somebody who's unlovely. You can't obviously have patience with somebody who is obviously testing your patience, okay, necessarily, without the Lord. And you certainly can't be kind in your own strength. You can be kind because the fruit is coming forth from your life. That's what we want to talk about today. Because there are things that are obviously getting in our way today as far as the fruits of the Spirit that obviously will try to stifle that. And the enemy of our souls will do all he can to keep you from growing to be more like Jesus Christ. The one thing about it is, is that this is a fact of life for the Christian. And I love the gifts of the Spirit in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and 1 Corinthians chapter 14. I love to operate in that and to minister in the power of the Holy Spirit. But most importantly is really the fruits of the Spirit being born, bored in my life and your life. That's what it's all about. Mark Twain, you remember kind of who he was? He was a professional humorist whose lectures and writings made people around the world laugh and for a short time forget their troubles. Yet Mark Twain himself, Twain was himself in private a man whose life was broken by sorrow. And when his daughter Jean died suddenly of an epileptic seizure, Twain too, uh, he said this, uh, he, the, the girl went to heaven and obviously Twain was not able to go to her funeral and he said to a friend i have never greatly envied anyone but the dead 
I always envy the dead. In other words, he had given up on life. He didn't want to be alive anymore. He had lost joy. Think about it for a minute. And I said she went to heaven. I, I don't know that she, she did. It was his daughter, Jean. She obviously, uh, Twain could not go to her funeral. But we know that obviously when we get so bad, because obviously the Bible says hope deferred makes the heart sick. Without hope, you'll get depressed. Because when we lose hope, we do not have anything in us to, to press us forward into that next moment of time. We just want to draw back and say, okay, Lord, is it my time to go home to be with you? And we look at death more than we do at life. And Jesus came to give us life and give it to us abundantly. But if we're not walking in joy today, and, and you're saying that today, some things that we want joy in our lives, then I want to tell you again, talk about how we can regain that joy in our lives, because I love joy. I love, obviously, not just to come up and express myself in worship and sing to the Lord with all my heart, and certainly, but when I leave this uh, sanctuary, is that I have joy in the circumstances of life. There are obviously some people that obviously had joy and knew how to keep that joy. And the Apostle Paul had that. Remember, he was stoned and he was obviously beaten and, and all eventually he obviously was killed and martyred, certainly here. But he had one thing in his mind and that was proclaiming the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. But he kept his joy. He overflowed with joy. So how is it that that can be possible? Remember, Jesus, in the midst of obviously going to Calvary and dying for the sins of the world, it says that, the, that he kept his joy and he endured the cross and he walked forward. So if Jesus did that, we have the power of the Spirit of God within us. We have the actual presence of the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity living within us if you're saved here today or listening. And so how is it that we can do that? That's one thing that obviously I believe a lot of times it's the privilege of every Christian. Every Christian that's walking in the spirit, unfortunately, few Christians actually experience this abiding joy on a regular basis. Last week. I talked about the fact, think about what you're thinking about. Are you thinking about more about the things of the spirit or more the things of the flesh? Did the world creep in and sort of just kind of get a hold of your life and you became consumed with the affairs of this world? Or did you reflect upon who Jesus is? Did you, you know his word and you, did you pray? Did you seek him? Did you turn your heart to him when troubles came? Because troubles will come. And the main thing is, is how we respond. Because it's not that we evade these problems. But it is about how we respond when those troubles come. You see here, unfortunately, few Christians actually experience this. And maybe you've seen that. Because many live in a cloud of disappointment and, and negativism. When they could be walking in the sunshine of joy. What has robbed them of that joy here? And I'm going to refer to the book of Philippians. Because that's called considered to be the joy book. How is it that this can, can take place? The Apostle Paul obviously went as a preacher, but he wound up as a prisoner. He, he went forth and, and remember what happened when he was in Rome in prison. He was writing there the book of Romans. And actually a lot of his, the believers there in Rome actually turned against him. A lot of support left him. Have you ever felt the support of people you really felt like you could trust? Just all of a sudden they evacuated the scene. Have you ever felt like you were betrayed by someone that actually uh, you felt that you could trust that you could do that and they betrayed you? 
and you're wounded. Have you ever felt that way? And so those circumstances come in. And what do they do? They they wound us. And so we don't have joy anymore. We go through life and we're disappointed. And, you know, the negativism that you have in the world today is overwhelming to me. And I have to be careful because it's like it's almost osmosis. It sinks in on you. You have to be careful about that. But the truth of the matter is what the word of God says. And God desires for you and me to have the joy because the Bible says in the book of Nehemiah that the joy of the Lord is our strength. If you're weak today and you feel like weak spiritually or even emotionally or physically, it could be because that joy is not there like what you've had before because you obviously have hit the circumstances of life and they have obviously confronted you and hit you and sometimes they run over us, don't they? And so what that joy is is very important and Paul has given us an example about this. The many people that betrayed him and walked away from him and actually spoke against him when he thought, what happened here? I've taught you. I've been with you. I thought I knew you. And they turned against him and walked the other way. But what happened? Paul never lost his joy. And you know, I want to live like that. And I know you do too. You know, because I don't have control over the circumstances. I don't have control over people. I don't have control over any of those things. And I need to obviously be aware of that today. And what this message is about is being aware of that and obviously responding in a way and saying, Lord, I want that joy back. Please, Lord, I need you. And this fruit of the spirit comes by walking in the spirit, by obviously putting those things that are of the flesh, staying off of them. It doesn't mean you won't be tempted and it doesn't mean the flesh won't be there. It just means how we respond to those things. And we respond in a Christ-like manner. Many times forgiveness is, an, is a real issue. And I've seen it for people. And we know forgiveness is very important. Forgiveness is important because if we don't forgive, obviously, that bondage that we're in, it holds us back. And we know something is wrong because somebody has hurt us so bad. And we go, I'll never forgive you for that because you've hurt me for that. And what happens? That person is not affected by it at all. But it's about us because we won't forgive and we won't release that into the hands of the Lord. And I'm not talking about something that's easy in this situation that we face in life. I'm not talking about that. And I'm not minimizing that. We could have been wounded. We could be hurt and so forth. But unless we forgive, we never really are released to be able to feel and experience that joy. You'll never do it. You'll always have that noose, so to speak, that monkey on your back. He's always there until you go, Lord, I don't want to. I don't feel like it, but I know your word says to do it and I'm going to do it and I forgive him. You see, to be able to release that joy in your heart again, that's one of the things that obviously stifles that. And we know obviously here is that we are a family and we know in the church family when you're portrayed by another believer or someone really close to you, whoever it may be, when you do that, that's hurtful. Because obviously you knew or thought you knew that person to be who they were. And they turned out to be someone different. So to have that joy, it's important to do. And I believe to be able to stand firm in this life because life is getting tough. There are a lot of things around us, isn't it? So what was Paul's secret to his joy? Let me, let me just mention this. It was in the mind right here. What goes in is what comes out. It's like a computer. If the good goes in, then the good will come out. If the bad goes in, then the bad will come out. But we have a chance to take and turn that around, you see. And so the mind is where the battle is. And I talked about it several weeks ago. 
And we are to remember the things of what God has done for us. Has he forgiven you of your sins? Has he obviously given you a place where, you know, your your name is written in the Lamb's book of life? Are you headed to heaven because you're born again? You see, we've got to remember those things. Can you remember again that reckless love that we just sang about here? That he chased after me and you. He left the 99. He's saying basically he left all of those that were already in the fold. And he went after me. I was a lost sheep wandering away. And I was going towards destruction. And God left everybody and came after Jim. And he came after you. So we have experienced that reckless love. That reckless love when you look again. I've mentioned it before. But exactly what does that mean? I mean it's without abandonment. I mean he's completely abandoned to us. He's sold out. By sending his only begotten son of the world to die for you and for me. And so we have the reckoning. We got to remember that today because we forget that when we get in the chaos of life and the crisis of life, we forget about who we are in Christ and who he is in us. It's good to remember. Go back. I was talking about in Sunday school just a moment ago about how can you love God? The Bible says in John chapter 14, Jesus said, if you love me, you obey my commandments. How can you love Jesus? I want to tell you real simply how to do it. Go back and just in your mind, think about what he's done for you. You go back and just stop for a split second and think about what he has done for you. Remember what he's done. He saved you. He's taken you out of the pit of despair. He's put your feet upon a rock. He's cleansed you in his precious cleansing blood. He's done those things. When you do that, let me tell you, it will set you free. Then you'll say, I want to obey the Lord. He says, if you love me, you'll obey my commandments. Then you can obey his commandments because you know that they're not a burden on you. They, they actually set us free. And so we're to remember this mind here, here. The Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. What you think about, what you dwell upon is what you actually will become. If you dwell upon, again, walking in the spirits we talked about, the things of God is what you will become. So the battle is here. The whole thing is, is Paul knew he who he was. He had been he had born again. He was killing Christians and on the road to Damascus, he was converted. He was changed. He was persecuting the people of God and God turned him around. He actually had done so many terrible things. And we say, what well, I've done terrible things. Yes, we have. The Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Everything that's sin. And but yet Jesus came to forgive us of those sins that we think are big and those sins that we may think are small. He came to forgive us completely and wash us so that one day we're headed to heaven. Don't let the devil tell you anything different. You say, well, you know, I've done this and I've done that and and I just can't break free from this and that. And God is saying, I'll deliver you. Don't give up. Don't give up. You see, if you won't give up, God will do something in your life today. You've got to remember who he is, because as we think here is that we know that's how we'll act. That's how we'll become. Paul knew that. So we want to talk about several things here about what will rob you of your joy. Circumstances. What are the joy robbers? Circumstances are the first thing here. <clears throat> Circumstances come out of the out of the blue. Health issues come out of the blue. Let me give you a good example. Okay. My house, our house, Cindy and our house, got hit with hail once last year and once this year. I had a leak, so I finally got a roofer to come by and look at the roof. And he got up there to find where the leaks were. And he said, Jim, your, your, your singles are in bad shape. He said, I said, I, I didn't know that. He goes, yeah. He said, uh, they're, they're bad and you've got leaks and it's going to cost this amount to, 
to plug up all the leaks you've got or so forth. So I said, well, I'm going to have to give a, get a claims adjuster out there to look at it here. So the house is not that old. And so I got the claims adjuster out there. And he said, oh, yeah, they're messed up. They're messed up bad. He said, uh, uh, of course, I'll turn it in. The insurance company will have to make the decision of what they're going to do and so forth. And they did. And they gave us, obviously, a certain amount to, to put a new roof on there. And I said, okay. So the only thing was is that we had a real high deductible. And you got to pay that deductible. And I went, oh, my gosh. You know, I may I felt like I'd saved a little bit of money, not a lot, but a little bit. And I made some strides towards saving some money. And here it goes out the door. So we had a new roof put on. We had it put on. So come last Monday, as you all know, we've had a lot of rain. OK, come last Monday here. Uh, the roofers were up there and uh, they had stripped. The whole house is a lot steep and everything of shingle of its shingles. So we're basically naked. OK. And we looked in the distance and here comes a dark cloud. And within 30 minutes, we were in a deluge of rain coming in. And of course, I panicked. I panicked and I said, oh my gosh, we're going to have water coming in and all the sheetrock is going to fall off the rafters and everything else because here comes the water. It was flooding like crazy. Now, the roofers were really good. They scrambled and they were trying to plug everything up they could. But I went in the house and Cindy said, look at this. Here it comes. It's coming through the, the ceilings. Here we go. Coming through the fans, coming through every, every place that it could come through. And I'm going, oh, my goodness. And so we obviously uh, got through it. And the roofers were really good. They put a tarp on and they began to plug up the holes as quick as they could. And so actually what happened was is that a minimum of damage took place that we've been able to correct. But the issue is today. The circumstances. Well, we got to get a new roof. I got to pay a big deductible. Here we go. I've got obviously issues with the insulation. I got inches with the sheetrock. I've got issues with this and that. Your circumstances can change. And you see, this could have sold my joy, okay? Real easily. Do you see how quickly circumstances can change? It doesn't make any difference if it's a roof or whatever you face in your life. Your circumstances can change. But what does the Bible say? He says the fruit of the Spirit is actually joy and love and peace and kindness and goodness. And I don't want to lose that joy. How about you? I want that joy down deep because that joy is my strength. And because I don't have the energy physically, actually, when I lose that joy. And why? I'm focusing on the circumstances. Paul didn't focus on his circumstances. He actually was persecuted like no one I've ever seen before. And he kept the joy. I want to be the same way. And that's why the fruit of the Spirit is so important when we walk with the Lord. We need to be an example of that. could be health issues. You go in, and I know that some of you have gone in, and the doctor said, oh, this is going on. And you didn't have any idea that this was what was happening in your life. All of a sudden, the circumstances can change. Why is, why is that so difficult? Because you have no control over circumstances. That dark cloud came from a distance. And it was moving on real fast, coming at us real fast. I had no control. And it was raining like that. And I was going, I don't have any control over this water coming in the house, okay? I said, I hope those roofers can really scramble to get this thing covered up quickly. I had no control. I was out of control. Have you ever felt like that before? No control over it because of circumstances. And it can rob you of your joy. And I tell you what, I can be irritable as a bear as a result of that. Can you? I know y'all are always pleasant and kind, and everything's sweet, but I'm not, okay? 
He changed my disposition real quick. And I can do those things, I'll tell you. Obviously, I know Jesus, he was persecuted, wasn't he? He said, but the, the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. And he went forward with the joy because he knew the Lord and he knew the Lord would take, take care of it. Our mindset, the second joy killer, listen to this, is people. People. See, y'all look at me and you say, Jim, you're a pastor. You just love people. You love people, man. I, I wish I could love people like you do. I mean, y'all got me mistaken for somebody else. <laughs> you know what I pray for every day? That I love the Lord my God with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength. And then I'll love my neighbor as myself. I'll love people. That's, I had to pray for that, okay? But people rub me the wrong way. I'm getting traffic. And I don't even know them. I've told you about that. And they do something or cut you off and all. And I mean, they're, they're arrogant when they're driving these cars. I don't care how big a car it is either. Those small cars, they feel like they just own the road. And I mean, all these things. And I'll use this today simply because, I mean, people are people. And people are different. And you know, sometimes I've always thought, well, if they were like me, then everything would be fine. And God has corrected me real quick when I've said that. No, they won't be okay. Because still, I've still got to get you changed, Jim. Okay? So people can rob your joy. Let me read this little story. It's like the grumpy receptionist at the doctor's office. A man went to. He had a little sore on his chin, so he thought he'd have the doctor examine it. He explained it to the receptionist, and gruffly she instructed him, down the hall, first door to the left, and take off your clothes. And surprised, he said, but ma'am, it's just a sore on my chin. I hardly think that all of this is necessary. And she glared at him and said, like I said, down the hall, first door to the left, and take off your clothes. But ma'am, down the hall, first door to the left, and take off your clothes? And so she went down the hall. So he went down the hall, took the first door to the left, and saw another man already sitting there in his boxer shorts, shivering. And he said to the man, boy, that receptionist sure is a grumpy one, isn't she? I just have this little sore on my chin and she growled at me to come down here, go through the door and take off your clothes. And the seated man replied, you think that's bad? I'm the UPS delivery man. <laughs> you meet people like that, though. I know it's a story. It's funny, but you meet people like that. You know, I love when people thank you. When you've bought a purchase from them, Chick-fil-A a lot of times will thank people more than any other. Some people, you feel like some way you're bothering them by giving them business. Isn't that true today? Okay. You feel like that. People just rub you the wrong way. You see, what it is is joy. They're joy killers. They keep you from having the joy because you, you, you start murmuring under your breath and somehow or another you're saying things that you wish you hadn't, nobody can hear, okay, about this. And yet they steal your joy. Life is full of that, right? Circumstances and people here. Because people can be a challenge. And you've got to get along with them here. And we are the salt of the earth. And uh, obviously the light's got to shine in the darkness. The third thing here is things. Things get in the way here. Abraham Lincoln was walking down the street with his two sons and who were crying and fighting. And what's the matter with the boys, a friend asked. The same thing that's wrong with the whole world, Lincoln replied. I've got three walnuts, and each of them, each of the boys wants two. 
Isn't that true? I just want, I want that. And I want it, and I'm going to get it. You see, things get in the way. And when things don't satisfy, it seems like we just want to get more stuff. They're building more storage bins in Houston than I've ever seen in my life, okay? I know in, in people buying houses and so forth, and I, I'm not, I don't know any of y'all's dealings, okay? So I'm not pointing anything out, okay? And I'm not breaking confidentiality. But they buy new houses. They've got three-car garages now. They've got four-car garages now. And they still park on the driveway. Why? Because the garage is filled. Okay? They can't park in the garage, which is the purpose of the garage. It was just another storage place. Isn't that true? We got so much stuff. Things get in the way here, you see. And it is a joy killer. Steals it. The Bible talks to us about, warned about against laying up treasures on earth here because they don't satisfy. He was in a Roman prison. He knew, obviously, eventually he probably would go to his death. They would kill him eventually here. He was overfilled with joy and happiness in, as we see this here. What's the next one? Now, I know the next one none applies to none of you, but I'll preach to myself, which I always do, is worry. Anybody worry? Worry about this? Anybody? Worry. Worry. The Bible says don't worry about tomorrow because tomorrow will have enough worries of his own, so to speak. Okay. He said today, trust the Lord. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and everything else will be uh, given to you. But worry does. And you go, I don't worry. Think back. I bet if you reflect back, I bet some thoughts came in your mind that you worried about this and that. Don't you worry about this? And I'm not talking about major things, little things. How are you going to do this? How are you going to do that? What tomorrow holds and so forth. It will steal your joy if you worry. And obviously, worry is the opposite of faith. Have faith in God. I want joy, and I don't want it sporadically. I want it all the time. Amen? I'm selfish in that manner. I want it, and I know you want it also. He was a political prisoner. Paul was. His friends had abandoned him, and they walked away from him and all. But we've got to cultivate the right kind of mind, and it takes discipline. It's not easy. It's, you've got to cultivate it. You've got to discipline your mind to think when that thought comes and it's worry because here it comes. Worry comes and you've got to take it and stop it. You've got to know God says that I am a child of God. He said he'll take care of all my needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. He said that he will see me through this situation. And, you know, we're seeing this and we had testimonies in Sunday school today about that. I bet you could testify what God has done in your life this next week. You know, I put you on the spot every Sunday and ask what God has done. But when you go home, think about it today. Some people, we don't want to share in that. But it's all important because obviously God takes care of us and he wants us to know that because he doesn't want us to flounder through life. He doesn't want us to just to tread water. He wants us to obviously get up on those skis and ski and jump on those ramps and go forth in his power and his might. But we allow others to uh, take that joy away. There's some attitudes here, I believe, of the mind that we need to think about. First of all, to maintain your joy is, is to think about Jesus Christ. Keep your mind set on him. In Psalm 27, verse 4, it says, The one thing I ask, this is David, the one thing I ask, this is what I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life and to gaze upon his beauty. Gaze upon his beauty. Always keep that one thing. If David thought it was that important, I've shared with you before, I believe it's very, very important. To gaze upon the beauty, the one thing I have in mind, and I'm going to keep this in the forefront, and that is my mind here. The one thing that I do here 
It's a priority and it's got to be a priority in our lives also. We need to obviously keep that in the for, forefront. We need to uh, keep the, uh, the gospel in the forefront. We need to keep the things of the, of the gospel and of the Lord in the forefront because if not, everything else will come and crowd it out. But it's a discipline that you and I have to get. It's not obviously that beyond doing it because God will give us the power to do it, but we've got to make an effort. So what we do here is I purpose in my heart that I will keep that in front, in front of me, that I will keep the Lord Jesus Christ in front of me. The one thing I'm living for is to please Him. The one thing I'm living for is I want to gaze upon His beauty every day. Open the eyes of our heart, Lord. If I keep that in mind, then I'll have the joy. The reason a lot of Christians flounder is because everything else comes in and crowds that out. And so we allow that to come in and destroy our joy. Everybody here would agree. I want joy, right? Well, listen, we can do that if obviously we'll do these things that God obviously wants us to do. He doesn't force it on us, but he'll do it. Joy. You've had losses in your life. You've had all these circumstances you never thought. You know, it never, it's never easy. Life is never easy. But how do you keep? Now, a lot of times people say, well, joy and happiness are, two different, are not the same thing. And that's true, isn't it? Joy is a deep down abiding peace and, and <clears throat> a desire in knowing that God is going to do and who he is. And he's going to do exactly what he has said he's going to do. And that will bring forth happiness in our life, which is an outward manifestation. You sing to the Lord. You ever go down the road singing to the Lord? We're talking about praying for people, keeping our eyes open here. Kathy said, well, I keep my eyes open when I'm driving, when I'm praying to the Lord. That's a good thing, right? You don't want people shutting their eyes, okay? But how many of you, you know, you drive on, you sing to the Lord, put some music on that you like. If it's the hymns, play the hymns. If it's something or the contemporary songs and so forth, it changes your disposition immediately. If you had a rough day, put it on your phone. Pull up some songs. Just put the latest Christian songs and put it up and start singing. It doesn't make any difference who's singing. Something about it. Because that music will flow from, begin to flow from your heart and drive out that desperation and that obviously darkness that comes in so easily. We need to keep a mind, a single mind focused simply on Christ. It's very important here. He had one, one purpose. We too will have that purpose. The book of Acts is not a transitional book. It actually is the way we should live. We should be living and working and walking in the supernatural every day. You believe that? The supernatural. We are obviously, our God is a supernatural God. And to be able to do this, you say, but that's way above my head. No, it's not. You say, well, it's above my pay grade. No, it's not. You're Christian. He says, we are supernatural people. Believe it. Ask for it. Trust God to do that. He will work the problems out. We talked about a couple of things in Sunday school this morning about how God came in and intervened and he worked it out. Pray about it. Pray. If you've lost your joy here today, ask God, restore the joy of your of your salvation, the joy of your of his salvation to us. People, obviously, will aggravate us so much, obviously. Why? It's because they get in the way of what we want. They really get in the way of what we want. That's why people aggravate us. They, they, get in, they get in and somehow uh, keep us from getting our agenda done, you know? Isn't that true? We've got a focus and we're trying to go forward. People get in the way of that. And so we lose our joy when that takes place. We need to obviously remember that it's important to keep our eyes. Submit your mind to the Lord. I submit my mind. Real simply, we can do it. Even today, submit your mind to the Lord. And obviously, 
It doesn't expect others to serve uh, us, but obviously we serve others. It's completely different from the way the world teaches us. We serve other people. If you've lost your joy, begin to do something for somebody else. Go to your neighbor and say, can I do this for you? Or do this to your spouse or your child or whatever it may be. Just do something for somebody. You watch. Because why? It's because Paul knew that. And so he gave himself away. He was sharing the gospel. And so we know that that will bring that joy back because we give ourselves away, don't we? But what happens? We clutch to our own stuff. We clutch to our own lives. It's my time. I don't want anybody taking my time, you see. But begin to give yourself away. Do something for somebody. When that happens, doesn't it restore your joy? Isn't that simple fact help you restore your joy? It takes your eyes off yourself and gets your eyes on somebody else. Because what happens when you get your eyes on yourself? You become, you're full of self-pity. I have a pity party. I know none of y'all have pity parties. I do. Okay? God talk, spoke to me one time about that. And he said, Jim, get out of that, sit, that self-pity. Get off. That's not, that's not who you are. And you're my relationship with you. And I heard that very distinctly. And I just, every time I start slipping into that, I whoop, don't go there. He said, all these things will rob your joy. Paul gave himself away. Y'all know I've heard, I've, I've shared with you the story about the men that went in Ecuador to the Amazon. You remember? I'd always been interested in that because Jim Elliott and Nate Saint were ones that went in the jungle because they're the, uh, uh, the aborigines, the ones, the original people that were there. They were not saved. And so Jim Elliott, in the 50s, in college, young man, he and uh, some others said, we're going in the jungles of Ecuador. So they went down and flew into Quito, obviously. And by the way, we'll have some our friends here from Quito uh, the, eight, at the 9th of August, and we'll share. And also there come their pastors there in Quito, capital of Ecuador. And so they went in the jungle, remember that? And they were giving themselves away. They went in and began to uh, teach the uh, Amazon Indians that were there about Jesus Christ, began to, and began to sort of build relationships and so forth. And uh, you know what happened? Uh, they, the, the, the tribes, there were a couple of people in the tribe, there were one, that told a lie on them of why they were there. And so what the tribe did, they came and they killed them. They speared them and killed them, killed all the missionaries that were there in the Amazon. Jim Elliott, Nate Saint, and all of those guys that went in the Amazon knew there was a potential of danger. But they were willing to go forth because why? They knew Jesus. And they had that one mindset to share the gospel with those who did not know the gospel. And they gave their lives and were martyred as a result of that. But as a result of that, if you remember that Elizabeth Elliott and also uh, Rachel Saint they continued down there to, to, to teach and to, to share the gospel with those Indians. And now, a lot, if I'm not sure of the percentage, but most have come to Christ. Amen? Amen? As a result of that. Now, that was over a period of time because they went in the 50s, 1950s. Okay? But obviously, you know that myself and others went down there uh, several years ago and went into actually right on the edge of the Amazon. Okay, and we were flying over the Amazon to deliver medical supplies there. I was with the pastor that I know in Quito 
and we flew out of what's called Shell Ecuador, actually. Shell Oil Company had actually established itself in a city. It's Banos, okay? It's not the bathroom. It's Banos. You, you guys speak Spanish. Y'all know it's not the bathroom. It actually is Banos, and uh, that's the name of the city, okay? It means something else in that regard. But we flew, we went and flew out of that city, went over the Amazon to actually land in the jungle, no landing strip, and uh, we would land on a grass type of strip there, and it was uh, five of us in the plane. You remember the story? And we went down there to deliver medical supplies because the doctor, my doctor, pastor friend there, he's a doctor in Quito, and uh, he was going to deliver stuff because the children there, they don't even have Tylenol. They don't have any of that stuff. And they get parasites and so forth there. And he had medication to be able to help them. And he had a big bundle of stuff. So we went in with him and we were going to baptize a bunch of people there who had accepted Christ in the Amazon. And they say the Amazon's pretty rough too. They say the monkeys in the Amazon will eat you alive, okay? And I'm going, I hope this plane can stay in the air. I hope we don't crash down here. I kept looking at the trees down there. And you know how your mind plays tricks on you? It was like I saw monkeys everywhere. All I could see was monkeys. Because they said the monkeys will eat you alive. I said, I hope we can get in that place where those those Indians are and we can get covered and, and protected. We weren't able to get in there because the clouds came in. We had to go back. But the medication was was delivered sometime later. But I'd always love that story because why? It's because Jim Elliott, Nate Saint, and those missionaries gave themselves away. But as a result of that, what happened? That Amazon now, there are many, many Christians that were converted to Christianity. In fact, the ones that killed them actually were also converted of Christianity. You see this today? You see Jim and, and Nate, they had joy. And they weren't going to let anything steal the joy, you see, no matter what, the circumstances or whatever. But when you begin to help somebody else, what will happen? And let me tell you, I just want to share with you today, you have no idea and I have no idea the influence of your life upon people that will be left behind when you leave. You have no idea. And so we don't live for the present. We live for the eternal things of life, you see. And unless we do that, you won't be able to keep the joy of the Lord. You won't. Why? It's because self will get in the way. Self will continue to raise its ugly head, you see. But if you have a secure mind, then you know that you can do what God's called you to do. You want joy. Begin to do something for somebody. Begin to step out in faith. So what do you do to have joy here? First of all, is in John 15, he says, I am the vine, this is Jesus speaking, and you are the branches. He that abides in me and I in him will bring forth much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. If you abide in Jesus, you keep, stay connected with Jesus, okay? And let me tell you, God's not looking for, we're never going to be perfect, okay? We obviously are holy in his positionally there, but never in our experience and our walk. We will stumble. He's not looking. He's looking for volunteers who will give themselves away. He's looking for people that will say, to live is Christ, to die is to gain. That's all he's doing. And see, I can, I can step up and volunteer for that, and so can you. And say, I can't do it. And we learned last week in that last little presentation, I can't do it. Acknowledge that. Because you can't, and I can't either. But you see, as you step out and do that and, and remain close to Jesus, 
then we know that he will give you the power needed to overcome whatever it is you face in your life. The issue is self gets in the way. People get in the way. Things get in the way. Circumstances get in the way. But if we know what's coming and we know we can maintain that joy as a result of of our focus and it's got to be on Christ and him alone. No other way. Obviously, uh, in Hebrews 12, too, it says looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising its shame and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Why? Obviously, the joy there. Why did Jesus have joy? Listen. Because he wasn't doing it for himself. Want to have joy? Get your eyes off yourself. And do it for Jesus. Do it for others. The Bible says that you've done it unto the least of these. You've done it unto him. And he's talking about a little cup of water. Do something for Jesus. And things will change. Your joy will begin begin to come back, you see. It's just the way it is. Get involved in building people up. Stop being negative. Stop tearing people down. Speak things that are positive. Because what comes out of your mouth is what you're thinking in your heart. Begin to say those things that are positive. Take and quote the word of God. And I'm not saying that you try to be pious and all that. I'm just saying that this is the way it is. Know what the word of God says about you here. Find your life by losing it in others. You see, focus on the eternal and not the temp- temporary. Second Corinthians 4, verse 16 and 18. And you all know I've quoted this, love this, because when I'm working in hospice, if people were on death's door, and I visited a lot of them, it's as though outwardly we're wasting away, yet inwardly we're being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary afflictions are achieving for us a glory that far outweighs them all. So we keep our eyes not on those things that are seen, but those things that are unseen. Because those things that are seen are temporary. But those things that are unseen is eternal. What is he saying? I don't know about you here, but I'm wasting away. How about you? Okay. My knees hurt. My shoulders hurt. And then every now and then, I just, all of a sudden, something else hurts. I'm going, where would that come from? You see, today, this old body is just temporary. But when I think and I get... And I fall in love with Jesus. And I give him my life and I begin to help other people out there. And it may not even be that I obviously present the gospel necessarily. But it may be that I just give a helping hand. It may be that I just give a word of encouragement. You know, again, I love to bless people. Going through McDonald's up here, wherever it is, bless you. As people blessing you, bless them back. You can change their lives. Because I'm sure they get a lot of grumpy people like that receptionist I just shared about. Amen? People grumpy, you know, and downright mean sometimes. Don't let it steal your joy. Don't let anything steal your joy. Keep your thing, your eyes upon those things that are eternal, you see, because God is preparing us for something much bigger, much greater, much more powerful today. Okay, can we review? Everybody get it? The one thing, you don't have the joy, you've lost it, come back god is a redeeming god he he gives redemption the initial when jesus comes into our hearts but he redeems us every day he redeems us he draw he takes us out of the pit of slavery and puts us in in that 
freedom that he wants to give us. Okay, come back. Just say, Lord, right now, I want a single mind. The Bible says the double man, double minded man, don't expect him to get anything. Come back with a single mind. Come back and say, Jesus, I'm hurting right now. And if that's you today, run to him. Don't run away. Circumstances have beat us up, betrayed us, have obviously left us in its dust. And we need to we need to know that God is there for us. He doesn't leave us. People abandon us. People betray us. People hurt us. People wound us. But we got to know Jesus doesn't. He is the wound healer. And he will heal your wounds if you just open your heart to him. Let's pray together and then I want to share these thoughts. Father, thank you. You're working. You're here. And you're touching every heart. Because you're the way maker. You're a miracle worker. You're a promise keeper. And you're our light in the darkness. And I pray today you touch every heart in this place today. Every heart would be touched by your grace. That that joy would be restored. Whoever's lost it. Whatever the reason. Jesus is the answer. To keep your mind focused upon him. Don't stray. Don't go be wishy-washy. Lord, help us not to be like that. But help us to keep our focus upon Jesus. Lord, we love you. And we know life has dealt us many times a, a rough hand. But it wasn't because of you. We live in a fallen world. And Lord, we need restoration. So whatever the issue is today, ask God to restore you. If there's a wound in your heart, I was praying last night, Lord, Put the salve of the Holy Spirit on that wound. The salve of the Holy Spirit on my heart of heart. And heal that wound. Because I want to be whole. I want to get through this trial I'm going through right now. And I want to be able to give you the glory and honor. And I want that joy that you give so abundantly. If that's you today, just do it. Open your heart. And ask God to speak to you. He will. He will. He's here. And he wants to do that. Father, thank you for these this awesome, awesome family that we have here. And I pray that you fill us and you use us and you be glorified. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Somebody help me if you would. Uh, One of each. Tito. One of each, please. Ray. Share with you real quickly and then we'll close. I want to share with this kind of what was happening I like I write out prayers you'll get another copy here we get this be two pages front and back one for each please some teaching that I like to do that just to help you in your prayer life also about walking in the spirit I'm going to uh, I want to thank all of you for watching today And I invite you to come back next week. Don't let anything steal or anyone steal your joy. Let the Lord work through your life. Keep him as your primary focus in life of who you are. Your relationship with Jesus. That should be your whole primary focus. To maintain that joy and to obviously get that joy back if you've lost it. Amen. Bless you. We'll see you next week.